Welcome to the Housewife of Horrors podcast. And welcome back. Uh, I hope you all had a very nice holiday season. We're done already? Um, Well, we're going to be posting this after the holiday, but technically it's days before Christmas. So I was just trying to do the preemptive strike of I hope you had a nice holiday. Oh, I was like, was I gone that long? Okay, so as you know, the last episode we did over Charles Ray Hatcher. I didn't say Charles Lee Ray this time, so... Uh, and that one, I'm my apologies if that was kind of boring. I didn't have my ever faithful companion Evil from 3B Video with me because he has a horrendous Christmas schedule. But um, it is before Christmas. His schedule is still horrendous. But I managed <laughs> to get a little bit of time in to record this podcast, which... I always recommend doing at least one by yourself so you can see what it feels like to be a crazy person to just sit there talking to yourself for an hour. I did feel like I was talking to myself but like uh, it was uh, boring so um and I was completely ill prepared for that because this guy had done so much over so many decades and killed like 16 people so I mean it's hard to come prepared when you're half a show and this guy's got a nine page timeline so I don't, I don't know about that dear I, I think you're the uh you're the steak. I'm just like, a mate. At, at most, I may be some parsley on the side of it. Oh, please. Anyway. No one's coming here for me. Um, I do get compliments about you. I have gotten a couple. Those please. are those are uh, paid people. We're not, those not are real. not paid endorsements. Yes, they are. <laughs> so this week, we didn't really have anything. We figured we'd kind of start off the new year or end of the year for us as we're recording this. Kind of just light. Um, so a, a lot of people know that for, I think this is the ninth year now, uh, every December, starting every December 1st. Has it been nine years this has been going on? I think nine years, 10 maybe. What? Whoa. I don't know about 10, but. I was at most going to say six and I'm really not confident in that number, but, uh, continue. So anyway, I binge watch The Sopranos. Um, It was something that I enjoyed watching with my dad in its original airing back in the day. And uh, You got sour grapes over though. I did get sour grapes, but it was sentimental, so it was bittersweet. Um, So I did carry sour grapes about The Sopranos for many, many years. You were unhappy with how things ended. And for a few first few years we were together, you were like, don't talk about that fucking show. I was like, that wasted my goddamn time. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it, not just six seasons, but we had a writer strike in there, too. So this was like, you know, years in the making. Then it gets all hyped up, built up. We do the final. It was like, oh, shit, now I got to look. Oh, by the way, I have notes here. The, oh, spoiler, we didn't even get to that yet. So there was um, like 11 episodes, 12 episodes to the first part of season six and then like when we were getting to the end of that in the original airing it's like wait what's going on nothing's really happening not enough people have died not the right people have died (laughs) so and then they kind of did this fade to black bullshit and they're like come back in may for the last nine episodes and it's like nine episodes you gotta be fucking kidding me i have no sympathy for for you because i was 
I'm in the the group that waited ten years for Freddy versus Jason to come out and really wanted a Mario Brothers movie and got what we got. And uh, if you know know anything about us at Three B Video, we're like you will take what they give you and you will like it. God damn it! But yeah, uh, six years or nine years, whatever it was ago, we got gifted uh, for Christmas uh, a year of Amazon Prime, which was new to us at the time and. Are like oh cool free free shipping all that and then we got uh, access to the Amazon Prime uh, digital library. Which, and this is before HBO was uh, had their own streaming service. Yeah, th- this this was in the like heartbeat before streaming services became the new cable. So we got this streaming service that had The Sopranos on it, and I made the fatal mistake of saying. Hey, uh, why don't you why don't you give it another a whirl just to see how it is? You know, now nah, you're not buying it. You can just watch it. You know, at your leisure here. So she did. She just had a good uh, reminiscing time watching it. Yes. And now I cannot, for the love of God, think of the month of December without hearing the Sopranos theme song in my head because it is a tradition now that you rewatch this show every single year. And getting into so many years of it, you start to think of interesting new ways to watch the show. Maybe. Yes, I try to look out for like new stuff. Like, okay, when I rewatched it back the first, the first times. times, it was more just about <clears throat> refreshing. Because, I mean, there was like a 16 fucking year break in which the original airing and then when we got Amazon Prime. So then it became more about, you know, just picking up on the subtitles, little things said, little things unsaid, looks that were given, shifty eye kind of stuff. But now every year I try to find something new. Uh, I always do find something new. And this year I decided to do it a little different. I kind of took a page out of Joe Bob's. Uh, book and did some drive-in totals each season and I kept (laughs) notes very generic but I kept notes about like Tony's women that he cheated with everybody who got killed weird shit that happened in the season stuff like that and I figured we would just kind of start this this year off (laughs) um you know lighthearted with some sopranos talk there's crime in it i know it's not necessarily true crime but there's crime there's murder there's mayhem and there's a lot of crazy shit that happens along the way so we are going to be discussing some spoilers uh yeah if you've not watched watch any of it yet i mean i don't know if spoilers are really uh something that would deter you from this show i mean i've never in the 9 years that you've been doing the tradition i've never sat down and watched it beginning to end with you because uh, my schedule never would allow it, but um, it's a it's a fun fun time. The few episodes I can squeeze in there, but yeah. And you were talking about taking some notes for the show for just your own amusement this year. I was yes. like, yeah, take those notes and like I think we should turn that into a show. And you're like, how the hell are we gonna do that? And like. We'll just go over the notes that you take. I'll tell you this. If there's ever, like, if I ever get involved in a trivia game, there's a few more things I picked up, like who the very first kill in the show is and who did that kill. You're borderline Rosie Perez and white men can't jump with your research. You're like, Jeopardy's going to call today. I I can feel it. And heaven help anyone that's going to do Sopranos trivia. What is a quince? So... Uh, so for these notes we have, I guess you can, we can, we'll, uh, break it down by, by season. 
other things you have uh, here? Sure, if you want to do that. Uh, I mean, we're only seven minutes into <clears> this, and I'd like to do an hour. So I feel like we could cover all six seasons, including I have no the doubts. extended sixth season that, Ooh, yeah. that went on for an additional nine episodes. Not bitter about that still a little bit at all, are you? No, I just, I guess I just wanted more being the last season and all. I just, I guess I wanted it to go out with a bang, like so, a bang we see, you know. So right before we get into your notes, okay, I, I, I will, uh, I will ask some, uh, some cues and I'll get some A's from you about this. Uh, were you a day one watcher of this? What is your history with the Sopranos television show? Yes, I was a day one watcher. Um, it was just, I've always kind of liked mob movies. And my dad had cable at the time. And we would get together on the Sundays. Or if I couldn't make it, then he would dub a tape for me. That good, You may have to explain what that is. Dub a tape? <laughs> oh, okay. So he still had a VCR. And he got a blank tape, and if I couldn't make it that Sunday for dinner in Sopranos, he would, you know, record the episode on a VCR tape. Yeah, because this debuted in 1999? Not, yes, when you could still dub a tape. Dub a tape in 99. This was the, and they, there's been a lot of <laughs> a lot of claims that uh, Tony Soprano's the first, like, anti-hero uh, uh, character that you're going to follow. 99 i mean you're really kind of uh i'm gonna do my my mini tie-in is you're in the heights of stone cold steve austin anti-hero not your traditional uh good guy role it's kind of the kind of the thing of the times it's it's cool to be a bad guy so so you had a you were a day one watcher Yes, and you say anti-hero, you know, uh, he is a bad guy, yes, and he's a morally repugnant person, but, and I don't, I dare I say redeeming qualities, because they're not redeeming, but they are endearing, that's what I should say, he, all of these characters pretty much are horrible fucking people, but they all have their, um, moments, endearing qualities, so we'll just I can't say redeeming because there are very few characters in this show that are redeeming. So you're a day one watcher and a faithful watcher the entire six season run. Uh, since we're already going going into spoilers, uh, I don't know if they want to do it now or if we get we just do it when we get to the. Uh, we'll we'll save it. We'll get we'll we'll nail it when we get to the end of the last season. But we'll just go ahead and jump into what your notes are for. Let's start with season one, nineteen ninety nine. Season one. How do you remember uh, your first impressions when you watched it for the first time? Where you're like from episode one, we're like, were you hooked from day one? You're like, this I mean, is gonna it be good. starts off with you know this guy running from Tony and Christopher uh, in like this. I would call it like a corporate office park, but it's like there's all these like business people around and they're totally just doing like beat him in the fucking kneecap type activity from Jump Street. And they don't give a shit who's watching, who's around, none of this. And it's like, okay, violence in broad daylight, I'm hooked. I noticed that a lot. I was like, there's a lot of beating the shit out of people in the middle of the day. And you're like, I don't hear about this happening in real life at all, but I'm guessing it does. I mean, I guess they didn't really worry because, I mean, they got people everywhere. <laughs> I'm sure that they've got, you know, cops, 
administrative uh, police people, you know. Everybody's a suspect. Exactly. And that guy, his name is McAfee, and he ends up getting, uh, he gets hit by the car, but he gets beat up, but he ends up getting broken legs, broken nose, a broken front tooth uh, over a debt with Hesh. And Hesh is one of my favorites. I have a small handful of favorites, and Hesh is in that group. I don't know Hesh. I know Hesh. Hesh is the, Hesh is the, uh, the older Jewish gentleman that they all hang out with and kind of tends to be, I don't want to say moral compass, but <laughs> a compass for some of their activities. Like Tony goes to him for advice. He kind of, he was good in with Tony's dad. And then, of course, he passes away. Tony takes the reins. Hesh is still around. Mm. Man, that's a heck of a way to start is uh, broken legs, a busted tooth, and what else there? Oh, yeah, and a uh, a blown-up restaurant. So enter <laughs> two of my other favorite characters. Okay, Artie Bucco. I love this guy. He's kind of a bitch. He's a goober. He is, but he fucking means well. His wife, is Charmaine, is like one of my other favorites because, okay, I wrote a couple notes about her. They, they that, that couple could be their own sitcom like because she's a classic like i married this fucking doofus and i gotta keep him in line because all he does is like kevin james level dumb fuckery Arthur. but anyway um charmaine to me uh she's a character of integrity i love her toilet paper because like she that's charman this is charmaine i mean they also call her Maney, which is a really cute nickname. Maney. The man, the Maney is going to run wild. So she doesn't want to take anything from them. Um, she'd rather, you know, have a small amount of, like, restaurant patrons and honest money than have all these fucking mobsters and big time money. Actually, she's, she's they using... rarely pay because in, like, one episode they talk about Tony having a, a six grand tab. She's taking a page out of your book. She's like, if we do any take anything from them we're in their pockets and we'll never get out if we get in there right it's like you, <laughs> when you get into business you got to think about it as in like you're getting into bed with these people and it's like do i want to be in bed with these people do i want to be associated with this when the train wreck happens am i going to be part of it or watch it from a distance <laughs> so that's just mine but um yes i love uh, the bucos and unfortunately their restaurant gets blown up but okay this is kind of one of those endearing qualities. So there's supposed to be like a hit that goes down. And Tony fucking knows that if this goes down, it's going to ruin Arthur's restaurant. Because nobody wants to go to a restaurant where people get shot, right? I don't know. That's happened locally here, and I still go to Hardee's. People got shot at Hardee's? Uh, yeah. When the fuck did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> like a year ago, there was a drive through shooting. Oh, yeah, the, the shooting at the drive through I totally forgot. <laughs> and we're still like, fucking give me my Frisco burger. <laughs> Please stop. I can't stop. That's truth, man. So, I understand the logic, but it doesn't deter me anyway, entirely. Despite it not deterring you, they think that, that this is going to ruin Arthur's restaurant. So Tony has it blown up to save him from not having the hit take place there, therefore ruining his restaurant. So he blows it up. So we've got this guy beat up in a corporate park in front of all these white-collar people and a really good Italian restaurant just blown to smithereens. 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 
Man, what else do we got for season one as far as injuries? Oh, season and... one? That's just the first episode. <laughs> okay, well, so... Well, it is starting with a bang, literally. Um, There's a character in here uh, in this season that uh, I cannot wait for him to go. Brandon Falone. We'll get to him. But, um, okay, the mom... She's like a hot fucking mess in this season. She burns up her kitchen making mushrooms. She accidentally runs her fucking friend over and breaks her hip in the driveway after dropping her off. Um, she just, yeah, she's a hot fucking mess. And Tony's goal is to get her into a retirement community. Or she blow calls her up. <laughs> she calls it a nursing home. It's a retirement community. So, um, in that's this, like, that's like the argument over a man purse over a purse or a satchel. Okay. I did, I did keep a tally of what happens to Georgie, the bartender at the Bada Bing. So this poor dipshit. Yes. This keeps, poor dipshit. He keep, I mean, <laughs> I feel sorry for him at first, but I'm like, he, it's his choice to keep showing up to this fucking job. So I did keep track of. How much CTE does he have by now? Like how many times he's assaulted and beat up and beat and what he's beat with because <laughs> he's beat with more than one thing. He's beat with like a phone, a chain with a lock. I mean, <laughs> some fists get thrown. Sounds like Eddie Griffin explaining his pastime with his mom. Like my mom beat me with phones, ran me over the car. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened this season that's really good. Brandon <clears throat> Falone, he totally gets shot. Why he's taking a bath, and they find him dead in bloody water and all this stuff. That was season one, or am I thinking of the other guy that was shot in the bath? What other guy was shot in the bath? The guy that was with uh, Aid and uh, Maltasanti. Like, that, they roll in, like... Yes, that's him. That's, that's Brandon him? Falone. I thought that was later on. No, no, that happens in season one. It she actually just, happens She in... just rolls into the bathroom. <laughs> He's been dead in the tub for a day or two. Uh, that <clears> happens <throat> in episode three. Man. So, and then another character is in this season. He makes it past this season, but it's Junior's right-hand man, Mikey Palmisi, Okay, so I follow his Instagram page, and he's got really funny Soprano memes all the time. I don't really think it's him. I think it's just... His so, publicist? Yeah, and that's it. Mikey Palmisi's publicist. But um, he's a dick in the season, and he's somebody you want to see take a bullet in the eye in the bathtub soon. <laughs> Ooh, he does, however, get, um, like, a, what is it, a... It's a parking ticket. I even wrote that down because I wasn't sure if it was a parking ticket or a dry cleaning ticket. But, like, he's following Tony around. Mikey Palmisi is. And he's just trying to be all up his butt and find out where the fuck he's going. And at one point, like, Tony gets tired of it. And he's got a staple gun. And he fucking staples the parking ticket to his chest repeatedly, might I add. So that's always good. Uh, good times there with a staple gun. I remember that. <clears throat> Some of the stuff I can't remember, and other stuff I'm kind of hazy on. Um, let's see what else. What happens this season? Christopher. Uh, so he, he does money pickups from a guy named Yo-Yo, and <laughs> this Yo -Yo, last name Ma. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a cello. This guy actually <coughs> has a Yo-Yo. So he Christopher like doesn't kill him, but he's gonna go pick up his money. The dude's like somebody else picked up the money, and Christopher loses his shit and like chokes him out with the fucking yo-yo string. So, guy getting choked with yo-yo <laughs> wire. <laughs> it's just string. They don't oh. have. 
I like that'd be a hell of a serial killer. Like he murders people with a yo-yo wire. Yeah, that's pretty fucking intense. <laughs> I don't know how they would get that yo-yo to work, considering it wouldn't retract back up like he, with a string. He distracts them with doing yo-yo tricks, and then this, all of a sudden, bam! It's around your neck and. Okay, this is the season where okay, like on Sopranos theories and a lot of other kind of videos out there talk about like Tony's kind of worst moment, and it actually I agree. I didn't even I had my moment before I even saw the Sopranos theory one, uh, and it brings us to we're only five episodes in, and I am. I love Tony, but he's a piece of shit because it's the one where he goes and takes his daughter to college and then he sees that guy who flipped on him years ago. So he kind of is trying to get rid of Meadow like, oh, go hang out with these girls. Oh, go check out the college, all this other shit. Why he goes and strangles this dude I've with some murdering tables. murdering to do. Right. So it's like, you're supposed to be on a fucking college trip with your daughter and here you are fucking murdering people. Hey, man. When am I going to make it all the way back up here? Yeah, they were in Maine. So That's gas money. I don't know exactly how far or how many hours it is from where they live in New Jersey to Maine, but it doesn't sound like it's a close commute. I so. mean, going to another state at all is like, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, episode nine. I can't remember the title of it, but it's an episode where nobody gets beat up or killed. Pointless episode. We actually have a couple of these throughout a couple of seasons where nobody gets beat up and nobody gets killed. I know know there was a couple and you're like, fuck, nothing happened that episode. Right, and it's not necessarily a waste. It's kind of maybe, it's like the Matrix 2 of of the trilogy. It's just filler. Wow. I've never... Never thought I'd hear a uh, comparison like that, but uh, go, go on. Anything else we have for season uno? Um, well, um, there is a brothel that Tony <clears throat> and the guys go to, and there's this undercover, well, he's not undercover cop, he's a cop, uh, who is played by John Hurd, also the dad on Home Alone. Uh, a, and they're what all. What a goofy drunk fuck that guy is in this show. Yeah. I can smell him. Um, unfortunately, after the brothel bust, he's like in traffic on this bridge. And of course, he's going to be disgraced because he's hanging out with fucking gangsters. He's at a fucking whorehouse. Uh, he's a cop. He's, you know, <clears throat> this isn't looking good for him. So he totally puts his badge in his pocket and head dives off of a bridge. So um, I guess death before dishonor for Officer McCasian. <laughs> That's how he's able to afford that house. Yep. That one in Chicago. Yeah. His Heather Um, family. Let's see. Um, What else we got for... I'm sorry. I'm just over here reading. Okay. Mikey Palmisi finally dies in the the season closer. Mm. He goes out for his morning run. He's talking shit to his wife. He ends up running off to go through the woods. And, of course, that's when... Polly and I'll tell you this Christopher and Polly always seem to do hits together and there's this guy and another guy which we will get to where Christopher's a fucking track star 
Like, I'm not trying to outrun this motherfucker because... And he's a smoker, which makes it impressive. Right. He runs, like, Usain Bolt to get somebody. Because, like, he's killed a couple people that he's had to chase down, and it's like, good grief. Uh, I mean... Compared I, I mean, to Paulie, I, I I think pretty much anyone on the show could probably outrun Paul. He doesn't seem like he's a fast guy. Old knees. But that's uh, kind of it for season one. So Yeah, we got a lot of more murders, but we just kind of skimmed over that. I didn't know if you You wanted were... to just hit the juiciest ones for you personally? Ju- Ain't nothing wrong with that, because we got four, uh, five more to go. So Yeah, and... M- moving on into season two. Do you recall... This might be getting into specifics. Do you recall when season two started? Were you... Uh, as amped up right there, I'm I'm sure, as you were for season one, uh, original airings. I mean, it ended with, okay, so it ends with Jackie, it didn't end with it, but like the boss dies, uh, there's like a power struggle between Tony and Junior, Tony kind of gives him this, oh yeah, yeah, sure, you're head of the family, this illusion of control. <laughs> While he's doing the jack off sign behind his back. When really Tony's like running the show. And, of course, Mikey Palmisi is, like, all up Tony's butt about where's he going, what's he doing, you know, I don't trust this guy. And it ends up with him getting killed. Um, so, it's the it's starting to pick up. We've got, you know, some tension building. We've got some important people killed. We've got shit stolen, people beaten up. Your theory is always by season three, things really kind of take off in a series. Um, not in this one. Usually my take is season three is when the shit like hits the fan and really takes off because you've already, season one is just introduction. Two is you're getting morally invested in these characters. <laughs> who's your favorite? Who's your not favorite? By season three, pivotal shit's gone down where you're like, oh shit, major players, up. major players are fucking dying and major shit's going down. So season two, um, that's this for me. Season two is... <laughs> season two is your season three? Yeah, it's like, fuck getting emotionally involved with these people. We're just going to start killing everybody. <laughs> well, who who do we got first on the chopping block? Uh, okay, the first person to get killed in season two... Um, I don't know, I have so many fucking notes here. Okay, um, the first person that gets killed is actually... Um, Oh, God. Patsy Parisi's twin brother, Philly. And it's because he's talking shit about Tony's mom saying, well, he wanted to put her in a nursing home and, you know, he's not really a good son. And Gigi just straight up fucking blasts on him in an enclosed car enough to make Gigi bleed out his ear. But uh, the first person killed is Patsy Parisi's twin brother. So, um from there, I think we're done with all these. Yep, that's season one going into two. Um, okay, so I put this in the drive-in totals, and I was waiting for somebody. I wrote the joke down and waited for somebody to fucking say something to me, which nobody did. But Welcome one, to the world of deep cuts, where it's most of the time it's going to go unanswered. So um, the one thing I put in there was one joke with no punchline. And it's AJ tells a joke, and you never get to the pun- he never gets to the punchline because he's interrupted, and then they go to another scene. But I actually wrote the joke down, and nobody asked about it. So do you want to know what the joke is with no punchline? 
Sure, I feel like we're getting into breakfast club territory here. Um, There is some fallacy to this, but um, what did one prick say to the other prick? I don't know. What what did the prick say? I don't know. There was no fucking punchline. He got interrupted. Wow. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, Junior slips and falls in the shower, and they bring, I bring this up. Because when he slips and falls in the shower, he says, like, his ever-famous line, it's your sister's cunt. That scene's kind of important for... (laughs) It's kind of important for uh, the prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark. Is that Um, literally what he says? Yes, he says your sister's cunt. To nobody? Well, he... You know, when you stub your toe and you say, damn it! Or, you know, something. Yeah, that makes sense. But... Okay, so oh, maybe he was just saying it to himself, and it makes no sense to you. But that's it that's doesn't. his form of damn it. <laughs> okay, your sister's cunt. Uh, I need to start using that. <laughs> um, oh, okay. This season introduces one of my most loathed. I have two <laughs> characters that I hate with a fiery passion. I hate their face. I hate their fucking everything about these two people. And this season introduces one of them and i'm sure i'm not alone in this boat but it's richie april <laughs> so richie pretty much after he gets out of the can uh i guess him and beansy were in business together back before you know he got out of prison well beansy ended up fucking like <clears throat> investing his money right and he opened up uh, like th- two or three you only see one but he talks about it being a chain uh pizzerias and to be honest with you, the pizza looks good, the sandwiches, you know, it just looks like a neat little place to go. So Richie gets out of fucking prison and he's like, Beansy, you know, you're going to cut me in on all this and you better not go to Tony. And like, it turns into serious intimidation and bullying. Um, so I just, I hated him from that off because it's like, you don't get out of the fucking can and expect to pick up where you left off. That's just not how shit works. But the jacket. Fuck that jacket. (laughs) You're not wearing the jacket. And he totally runs Beansy down, leaving him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Um, this is just the tip of the iceberg of why I hate this guy. Is that the dude that's all in the wheelchair that they're, at some point they're going to come and build the... A wheelchair accessible entrance. Yeah, and they tear the house up and then never finish the ramp. Yeah, that guy. I mean, that sounds like most construction crews, but. <laughs> so, yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I have notes written in the, uh, what is it, in the margins here and scribbles. <laughs> the margins. And... It, 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 this is a podcast, but man. If you could just see, maybe that should be one of your pictures, uh, visual aids, is just these these notes, because it's almost, it's like Doc Brown doing some time time notes here, just papers everywhere. Okay, um, another character in this season is uh, Pussy Bumpincero, um, Big Puss. I like this character, I feel for him, but then once again I realize when I take a step back, he's in a bed of his own making. But yeah, he like wears a wire. He totally betrays the, you know, this thing they're in. That's kind of how they refer to it sometimes. This I, thing we're in. I vaguely remember. I was not watching, but I know my, my parents were watching the show. And I thought, I remember hearing about like, hearing like rumblings been like, this is a big character and they're killing him off in the first season. But I guess it was season two. But I, I just remember hearing like, like rumblings about people being like, he's killing this main, main character off so early. 
Yes, and um, uh, this season is kind of a, like, there's a couple young stockbrokers that work in the office with Christopher that just go down the drain. There's Pussy that goes down the drain. David Scatino played by, um, Jesus, what's his name? Uh, Robert Patrick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a, he's the, he's like the biggest sad sack of this series. He is, <laughs> but here's the thing is, is he's like a fucking degenerate gambler. He's in debt. He's in debt to more than one person, might I add, but he's got money to go fucking gamble, and he knows he's getting even further in debt, and it's like, dude, you just fucking brought all of this on yourself because you want to fucking gamble. Well, that's like the next role, because it's going to be the role I get, or I when get it all back. D- he, he does good on, like, one of the games. He's, like, up and ahead, and then... That's the hustle. <laughs> and then it... Yeah, it's all down the shitter from there, so... Well, I'm- love it when he's like crying and sleeping in a tent at his job <laughs> yeah he owns a sporting goods store and he's sleeping in the tent and there's like a pizza box pizza in there box they... <laughs> i'm just waiting to like so like a mini clothes hanger and like socks and underwear hanging off of it that's dirty so christopher gets shot in this season like seriously shot and um, unfortunately not shot enough we're thinking like the first time around i was thinking oh my god they can't kill christopher it's you know only season two and he's kind of a heavy hitter um and they haven't gotten to killing pussy yet uh because these two young stockbrokers known as matthew and sean okay every time matthew is on the screen and he introduces him to some himself to somebody he always says uh matthew drink water matthew bevilacqua i have to kind of say that slow and it's like is he saying drink water because that's what bevilacqua interprets to and it's like why do we need an interpretation of your name why can't you just say matthew bevilacqua some people are weird. I don't know. Okay. And this character in real life, his name is Lilo Broncato, and he is in another great mob movie called A Bronx Tale. I believe it's uh, Robert De Niro's directorial debut, but he wrote it, directed it. Uh, great cast in it. Like the lady who plays uh, Charmaine Bucco in this, she is the mom. Chaz Palminteri's in it great um and he ended up kind of getting wrapped up in the wrong crowd one of the few that like why didn't he make the a lot of double dips when I, in other mob movies and like Chaz and like uh ray liotta two like big names that were like why didn't those guys come into the sopranos probably because they wanted to give other people a chance you know give james gandolfini and you know uh, uh i mean by like season four or five like even like a minor spot like can you imagine Ray Liotta as, like, Furio? Uh, Furio is an amazing enforcer. Uh, he <laughs> is... He's not... He's one of my favorite violent characters. I won't say he's one of my favorite characters because the characters that I like, you know... I like the Bucos because of their integrity. <clears throat> I like... Furio's hair and he wears a lot of shirts that The Rock was wearing at the time. Uh, those are, by the way, those are very high dollar Hermes yeah. Italian silk shirts. Those are high dollar. Just just do like side by sides. Open up a second window on your computer or your phone and just look at the t-shirt or the t-shirts. Shit. The button down shirts that Furio's wears in that time frame and then look at what The Rock was wearing in 99, 2000. Okay, we're getting sidetracked here. I was talking about Lilo Broncato. Oh, he got, welcome to welcome to the world of what I do is completely derail shit for he you. He got uh, he got wrapped up in the wrong crowd and uh, in real life, 
and there was like a drug deal, an undercover cop, deal goes bad, people died. He just did like 15 years in the fucking can and just got out like a year or two ago. And there's, I don't know if it's still on Amazon Prime, but there's a really good documentary about him called Wasted Talent. And that actually comes, <laughs> no, that actually comes from somewhere. In the movie A Bronx Tale, in which Lilo Broncato was in and plays Robert De Niro's son, he's always telling his son, you know, don't get involved with these gangs. Don't get fucked up in all this street violence and shit. He's like, wasted talent is the saddest thing in life. And it's like, you know, use your talent, get out of this fucking neighborhood and be something. Don't get wrapped up with these dime store hoods. You're going to end up fucking dead like your friends, which his friends did end up dead. So, wasted talent. <laughs> or original title, Big Disappointment. Wow. I hope he does not hear this. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I like that it's a deep cut, but it's like, really? You couldn't think of anything else besides the wasted talent? <laughs> like, so-and-so. What a, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, he, he wasn't a piece of shit. He just kind of got wrapped just, up in some wrong stuff. Just referencing on the choice of titles there. like That's not a pick-me-up at all. You want to watch my the movie about me called Wasted Talent? Um, yeah. Moving so, on, though. So we're getting to the end of season two, and um, let's see. What happens? Ooh, oh. End of season two, the last two episodes, we have heavy hitters dying. And one of them is my most, is a loathed character, and that's Richie Aprile. <laughs> so he hooks up with Janice, and they're kind of living together, playing house, blah, blah, blah. Well, he comes home one day, and uh, she's like, you. she's cooking dinner, and uh, some words are exchanged. He punches her in the mouth. He starts eating his dinner. She's all bloody mouthed and just, oh, 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 I can't believe you punched me in the face kind of thing, you know, going on. And she goes up and gets a gun and straight shoot him while he's fucking eating pasta at the dinner table. Classic. Uh, good. He, he couldn't have gotten shot fast enough. Like, he should have been fucking shot after the Beansy ordeal. <laughs> and he should have been shot multiple times. They should have fucking ran him down. They should have, like, tied him to, a like, the side of a wall and just plowed a fucking vehicle into him. Oddly enough, that's one of the episodes I continuously will catch, including this year I caught that episode when you uh, got around to it. And then, um, right after that... Um, they, Tony's got like bad food poisoning. They go to pussy's house. He finds the wire in the false bottom of his cigar box and they take I'm... him out on a boat. They all fucking blast on him and then wrap him up and play. Okay. This is something else. Tony's sick as a fucking dog. Uh, Silvio is kind of an older man. Polly's is older as well. Uh, they're not young spring chickens and pussy is a very large gentleman. At least 350. They shoot him in the bottom part of the boat. They get him up, I don't know how, with the width of James Gandolfini, Sal Bumpensero, the other two dudes. They're trying to carry him up this fucking staircase. Narrow so staircase on, <laughs> on, rickety, on a rickety boat, water. Uh, yes, the swells are very choppy that day. And then they. <laughs> See, he was angry that day, my friends. They wrap him up somehow, somewhere. Just roll him up and. <laughs> And they Try have, like, it, chains around him and stuff, but it's like, how did they get his big old ass up them little stairs and you, fucking wrapped up in all this other shit? I'm you, not buying it. You're just missing, like, a little interlude that says a few hours later <laughs> and then rolling him out off the off the boat. 
Totally love that episode just for the fart noises that the sound guy had to put in anytime Gandolfini was going to go Ralph, as you get just the classic. Haven't you ever had food poisoning? You were Ralphing so hard that poo or gas was coming out that end. I mean, we don't have to get super personal. Don't answer that, but you asked, and yes, but see, uh, so we had to make it. They had to make it real. Right? Can't be fucking yakking without shitting himself. I'm sure the sound designer was totally like, "We got to. This has got to be played real, right? Like, I got to put fart noises in here, right? Like, just him puking in enough. Like, we got to be real, like." Come on, you you shit yourself when you throw up. Come on, admit it. Admit it. Well, we end the season with food poisoning and a bunch of dead people and um, a talking fish, a Billy Bass. Give me back that filet fish Give me that fish. That was a completely different... (laughs) You killed me. No, I'm this, a big pussy. This is that fish that you put on the wall and you walk by it and it sings, you know, songs about water and... Yeah, yeah. filet fish So, season three, where shit traditionally in television shows starts hitting the fan. What happens in season three, halfway through the the franchise here? Okay, so season three, I'm going to say this offhand. Say it. This season started off with a killer montage. Montage! So, it's an FBI surveillance montage with all these agents working together, different vehicles, watching different members of the family. Is that what that music-like duel thing going on so they do it to a mashup of peter gunn and i'll be watching you by the police or sting i know it was the police still at that time but anyway um yeah so that montage of trying to get the wiretaps in the house and everything the music the cuts it's all just really good for the season two just ended like holy shit we've got major dead people dead and then they come back with you at this montage major dead people dead major dead people dead that's a (laughs) t-shirt um this one they do they're trying to get a lamp that's in the basement like a little desk lamp they're trying to get a wire in that they do so much goddamn work to make this lamp like what a job it that is to yeah they th- took pictures of it and sent it to Quantico and had somebody paint like the little scuff marks and yeah, the dust and shit on it and all that like wow it's imagine having that job like what do you do it's like well I work at the FBI headquarters at Quantico and it's like wow what do you do there Are you some kind of like you I, know <laughs> investigator a forensic pathologist and I it's painted like, a lamp to make it look like an old lamp. I'm sure they do more than just lamps. <laughs> I'm sure they do phones and we gotta talk. We gotta talk frames. to Benny. Benny's our lamp guy. Fred down there takes care of television sets and phones. Okay, so in real life again, uh, a character, a major character, died in real life. So this is 2001. If it starts yeah. in '99, so we're yeah. in. Okay. Yeah, uh, this character died in real life, and they finished putting her in by her last scene she's just kind of sitting in a chair and tony's like scalding her but that scene of her in that chair is all computer generated like it's all graphics it's not i'm sure it didn't look bad at the time it didn't look bad blu-ray doesn't help i was gonna say hd tv ruins so much stuff i mean yeah it comes out i mean it's not you know game of death bad with bruce lee but it's i mean 
Okay, so there's a character that's introduced. Oh, by the way, that's Tony's mom who dies. I think I said that, but then no, I got to... No, you didn't. Re- we just left uh, that. We're like... Oh, I got to read my notes, and it's like, did I say who died in real life? I like it so much. If someone's listening, they're like, oh, who the fuck was it? They're watching the whole season. I'm like, well, who's got a fucked up head? Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't... I think Georgie gets beat up some more in here. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I'm sure he does. We got some crazy shit that happens in this season. Besides Tony's mom dying... Um, let's see, Eugene Portakova, I know I'm totally probably saying that wrong, but he's a character who he gets made the same time as Christopher, and I have a theory about him. He's wearing a members-only jacket, um, and the last episode, um, they have a gentleman wearing a members-only jacket that's very much like this one. I think that if it, ooh, oh, something fell over there. If New York, my other backup theory is, if New York didn't back off like they said they were going to do and they end up, didn't kill Tony, let's say they did back off, um, this guy sitting at the fucking diner uh, counter in the members only jacket, I think he's a relative of Eugene's and he is there to kill Tony for retribution for Eugene killing himself because... We will get into why Eugene kills himself this season. Let me get those pages. But uh, yeah, let's just go into that. We have a stolen fake leg in this season too. So. Oh, that's fantastic! Yes. Okay. So, what? I, 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 I previously before this year, I was like Janice's character. I, uh, I wasn't like sympathetic for, but I didn't have a opinion one way or the other. But I. This year, I caught all the episodes of her just being, like, such a shit with, like, running a fucking metal detector through her mom's house. Like, she's really just bullshitting, and it's out for money all the time. And um, she does have an arc in, like, the last season. Uh, However, Uh, we're not there yet, so we're not going to talk about that. But she is so fucking good about making everything about herself. Yeah, like, I truly think she suffers from delusions of grandeur. No, because, she's just, she just wants to make money and not fucking work. Like, no, but there's sometimes where, like, Tony... Okay, Tony didn't want to uh, help with the funding of where his mom was and then eventually help again with what Junior, where he is. And she kind of sees it as in, oh, well, you're fucking punishing me by not helping. And it's like, no, he just doesn't want to fucking help them. He doesn't like them. They tried to fucking have him killed. It has nothing to do with you. There's so many fucking instances where she makes it about herself and fucking Meadow is, it's not my fault. Nothing is ever this girl's fault. I don't know. The the stolen (laughs) leg is all off the fucking records, which, man... I got my own personal ties to to the similarities of that story. Like you don't give a fuck about these records; you just want to turn a turn a profit on them. But uh, go on. Ooh, uh, another person that gets introduced this season is Ralph Seferetto, who is Joe <laughs> Pantoliano. Joey Pants. Like he, is, he, God, he is such a good actor, and he plays such a good douche in this. Like weird hair. Uh, I fucking hate him until one scene happens. And then I kind of feel sorry for him, but then I remember all the other bullshit and I go back to hating him. So. It's the joke, isn't it? <laughs> it's not the joke about Ginny Sack's ass. Do you laugh, though, when you hear it? No, because oh. it wasn't that funny of a joke even the first time I heard it. <laughs> really? In 2001, you're like, meh. No. 
he just says, speaking of like 95 pound moles, did you hear Jenny Sack had one removed off her ass? And it's like, okay, we're, I mean, I guess it's funny to them. <laughs> I just didn't find it funny. I like Jenny Sack. She's another one of my favorites along with J- Johnny Sack. I like Johnny. We won't get into that anyway. <laughs> so in time, um, we do have, so Georgie, the fucking bartender that got beat up la- each season so far, he's gotten beat up. Um, he actually, that Billy Bass singing fish, um, he actually gets that busted over his head and gets assaulted and beat up at the club again. So Because why not? Um, and, Just the punching bag of the series. <laughs> Take um, your frustrations out on the bartender. He's used to it. Let's see. Gigi, uh, the guy who shot Philly Parisi, he ends up dying on the toilet in this season, too. Just like Elvis. He's in the bathroom during a poker game, taking a poo. He's got his magazine. He's ready to be there for a minute. He is straining like you wouldn't believe. And, of course, one thing led to another. Later on, the guy's kicking the door, and they find him dead, magazine in hand, didn't, pants didn't, around ankles. Didn't Dante's girlfriend fuck him in that bathroom? Dante's girl? No. <laughs> I'm like, who's Dante? Well, he wasn't supposed to be here today. Right. Um, and this also introduces one of Tony's many lovers. She is, I forgot which one she is on the list. It's I, a long list. It is. She is number... Uh, Threeve. No. One, two, three, four. She's five. She's five on the list. And we're up to season four? Are we three. on Three. Oh, shit. I don't even know where we are. But this is uh, that introduces Gloria Trillo, played by Annabella Shiora. She does, she is just so cute. I fucking, she is a cutie patootie, but man, she is psycho and a half. She's the one who throws the London broil at him. Oh, I and mean, then, we've all been there. Yeah, you know, when you don't make it to dinner in time, you get a London broil thrown at you. So, um, oh, I totally forgot about Tracy, the stripper that Ralph is kind of, you know, fooling around with. Uh she gets pregnant by Ralph. She goes out back. They start talking shit. He smacks her around, beats her fucking head into a guardrail. She ends up dying out back behind the club. So once again, things that make you hate Ralph Cifaretto. <laughs> Aside from his hair. Uh, you don't know about the hair until later. Like it totally looks weird until his death scene and Christopher finds out. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm so sorry. So, do we have anything else for season three? Um, besides a homeless lady with the Daily News shoved up her butt. <laughs> I like that that's something that's like a side note. Uh, it's actually here in this episode six. Uh, and it's when Meadow's off at college and she's with that boyfriend, Noah. Well, Noah and Meadow take out Meadow's roommate, Caitlin, because she's like from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And she goes to New York to go to college, and the big city's just really overwhelming. And she has like trichotillomania, where she like pulls her fucking hair out by the roots because of mental stress. Anyway, looking like mankind. So uh, there's a scene where they're g- walking back towards like the subway after the movie, and she sees this homeless woman. She's like, "Ma'am, ma'am, here's a couple dollars." And this lady. Like, kind of, I guess, drops some stuff while she bends over to pick it all up, and her ass is hanging out, and in between the cheeks, there is the daily news. 
And and that's what Noah called it. He actually was, quote, was, it was a lady with the Daily News on her butt. So it was the Daily News. Nine years, I guess I've ne- I've never caught this uh, moment. <laughs> it's it's seriously like a quick scene I will look with for the it homeless next, lady. I will be looking for it next uh, December. Okay, sure. and this apparently just kind of became uh, recent known news, but Lady Gaga... When she was younger, she was in season three, episode nine, where they break into the school. They as in AJ and his friends, and they're like going swimming, and then they start throwing shit in the pool, and they break the trophy case and all that. She's one of the girls who thought it was cool sitting on the bleachers with them. So look for the little blonde girl. That's Lady Gaga. The ultimate uh, uh, signature to get on your Blu-ray set is Lady Gaga. Yeah, right. Um, you signed my Blu-ray set of The Sopranos. <laughs> I, I seen it. Um, let's see. So that's season three. We're not done. Okay, oh, okay. so um, I thought, you, I thought we were near we the end of three. We get some more people beat up. Your favorite episode is in this season. My favorite episode. The best episode of the series. Directed by Steve Buscemi, who would go on to be in the series later on. I believe he comes back in five. Five. We'll five. get to that. He's in prison this whole time, mm-hmm. along with a couple other people. So, um, but anyway. But the, this, this episode is the no, famously known as the Pine Barrens. Which, I actually did a little research into this, because, I mean... It's terrifying. I am not going to play down how big a forest can be. But you think, oh, you know, if they keep walking, they're going to eventually hit a road or whatever somewhere. <laughs> some, some Blair Witch logic. <laughs> um, okay, so the Pine Barrens actually covers 1.1 million acres Fuck of New that. Jersey. And it's like 1.1 what, million what's acres. What's left of Jersey after that? Jesus. Uh, Atlantic City and Nutley, I guess. <laughs> That's got to be it. Um and I actually have done a little more, like, serious fucking folklore comes out of the Pine Barrens. There's they believe, a wrong turn shit in there. They believe it? that's where the Jersey Devil come from. Um, and also, there's quite a few, maybe not as many as there used to be, but there's abandoned structures and small little villages throughout the Pine Barrens that are all, like, abandoned now. Because uh, it is rumored that there were, like, forest people living there, so... Look for a future episode on the Pine Barrens. Yeah, the Pine Barrens. Holy shit, dude. We're 53 minutes into this and we are only in season... I don't Three. Aww. Aww. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, we're gonna go long. I guess we are. Well, um, there's another character in this season that's introduced, Jackie Jr. Uh, This is... Jackie, who first ran the crew but died of cancer in season one. This is his son. This guy is a total fucking pudwhacker, and he gets <laughs> shot in the back of the head, and it doesn't come an episode sooner. That, that what happens to pudwhackers? Um, well, he tried to act like he was all fucking gangster and shit, and he and some friends robbed uh, one of the low-level poker games, which resulted in a couple of people getting shot. Furio got shot in the leg. Sunshine the dealer gets fucking killed. And, uh, yeah, he got killed in retribution for, you know, fucking robbing made men and shooting at made men. Done fucked up, Pudwhacker. Yep, done fucked up. So, um... 
Is that it for season three? I think so. I uh, thought you were going to have like more questions about characters and I don't, stuff. For I me. don't need to. I just I can just uh, wind you up and let you kind of go. So oh please, so nobody season... wants to listen to me ramble on about fucking Sopranos characters. Uh, well, we will find out. The numbers will reveal. So on to season four. Season four, we actually have another episode in this season where nobody gets beat up and nobody gets killed. Lame. But people get beat up and killed a whole lot before and after that episode. So, well, I had to get me a drink there. The FBI gets to Adriana. They want her to wear a wire. She's like, no, fuck this. I wish she would have. Uh, there is a big fight at a Columbus Day protest, which results in like people getting hurt, people getting arrested. Um, because... See, I didn't realize this was such a big thing. You know, when they teach us in Columbus school, Columbus Day in school, that you know he just he discovered America. Um, he came, he came here looking to, for India. Um, yeah, they didn't really get into the whole. Who the fuck are these people? Kill them. Genocide part of it. So when I actually started watching this, and they like the Italians revere him as you know, like a really great explorer and discoverer. And yeah, um, it's woke before woke. Right. And like the native Americans were there protesting against the atrocities carried out by Columbus, which it's like, wow, something that'd be more appropriate 20 years down the road. Um, yeah, that's something that they're still fighting today, you know, um, good fight the good fight. Uh, okay, so Gloria Trillo, who Tony was sleeping with and threw the London broil at him, she apparently, not on camera, but she killed herself. Um, she did not have good luck with men, that's what was said. Um, and also, Artie tries to kill himself in the same episode because of some money deal gone bad. A lot of... Uh... <laughs> Artie's the only guy that would attempt to kill himself, and I'm still like, what a goober. Like, he's even gooberish trying to off himself. Yeah. Okay, wait. I lost a page. Uh-oh. She has so many pages, I do. I don't even know. See, seven and eight. She looks like Bob Euchre in Major League trying to find who the game is sponsored by. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nobody's listening Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Oh, I think... Are we still in season three? Are we on four? No, we're in four. (laughs) Okay, I can't find... I'm trying to move things along, and <laughs> you're like, are we, where the hell are we? Okay, we're at season eight and season four. No, we're not in season eight. <laughs> Episode eight, I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, you ought to see this pile of papers here. I, I live with you, I know the pile of papers. Alright, so anyway, um, where are we? We're in season eight or four. Season four, episode eight. Okay, um, this is when... Pio, okay. Come on. Season nine, Pio mine. Season nine. I'm sorry. Episode nine. I just keep seeing nine. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm. I'm she's fucked fl- up. She's flustered. Now that, now that we're at the horse getting burned up. Pio my. Yes. So, um, the horse ends up getting killed in this season, which. There's a convention that goes on in Atlantic City. Uh, I think this is like the third, maybe the fourth year going into it. But uh, it's called Sopranos Con or Mob Movie Con. Uh, and 
the horse, whose real horse name is Goldie, you can meet this horse and pay to get a picture with it at that convention. So Piomai slash Goldie is just fine, but dies horribly in the season. <laughs> Again, episode I normally catch, but I missed it oh, uh, this year. We're getting to one of the moments you love to give me shit about. So anyway, at, because Piomai gets killed in the fire... Um, Tony is convinced that Ralph did it and it turns into, this is a damn good fight scene. We got Ralph fucking making breakfast. So we've got like hot skillets and fucking <laughs> knives out and shit. I like he's swinging this fucking skillet. And he's like, you fat fuck. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like he had a better killed Tony because of all the fucking, the name calling and hitting him. When, <laughs> you're you're in, a, in for a penny or a pound when you're fucking hitting someone with a skillet and calling him a fat fuck and they're the like head of the mafia. This is when you find out that Ralph is actually bald and that weird looking hair is actually just a hairpiece. Some weekend at Bernie shit. <laughs> Christopher goes to uh, dismember the body in the bathtub and he goes to kind of, you know, grab his head oh. by the hair and then all of a sudden this hair comes off and he's like, oh shit. And Tony was like, yeah, you didn't know? So apparently it's kind of a known thing, except for to Christopher. Nobody talks about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and probably that's for a fun a good episode. Thing. I like that one. Okay, so the next episode is when Christopher sits on the dog. <laughs> that, oh yeah, that's the one I give you shit over. Yes, he. Okay, so he recorded this on Snapchat. Uh, the scene where Christopher sits on the dog. Still right? got it. When he sits on the dog, the dog goes. No, it's more like a woof. Woof. It, it sounds it, like a woof. It's a fucking dog sound. I don't know about that. <laughs> I would hope that's not something a sound guy's like. I know what a dog getting sat on sounds like. <laughs> that poor Foley artist. Um, it's hilarious. I am 100% in the camp of like, if animals are killed, that kind of fucks me up. And I'm not interested in watching the rest of the thing. But I will laugh my ass off every time that dude is fucked up and sits on a dog. <laughs> and it's even it's even better when they bring it up later when they're doing a the intervention. intervention. That's and he's in the like, same episode. <laughs> they're like, yeah, how'd you, would you kill the dog? Was it Bach? And he's like, he sat on it. <laughs> and Tony's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he ends up sitting on Cosette and killing her. And then when Adrian... <laughs> Adriana gets home. She he's like she crawled under there for warmth. She was cold. She was sleeping. Well, then of course after that goes down, Christopher goes out and tries to score, and this is great. Not only does he get robbed and carjacked, but he gets beat up with a toy xylophone. And I mean, as they're beating him, you can hear the cling 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 as they're beating his ass. So, um, if anything. Uh, it's horrible that he killed this dog, and we do not endorse animal cruelty in any way. But for retribution, he gets beat up with a toy xylophone before his intervention. Then, during the intervention... Intervention by Casey Jones. He ends up getting beat up in his intervention. <laughs> I mean, that's a, talk of, that's appropriate. Sopranos convention. He gets, he gets like a skull fracture. Uh, and then he goes to rehab after that to go get cleaned up. So, he gets beat up. He kills a dog, gets beat up twice, and then goes into rehab. That's the intervention we would have needed on TV. Um. Okay, let's see. Where am I now? Oh, I think we're at the end of the season... Um, yeah, they kind of are getting ready to go to trial. They intimidate some jurors, stuff like that. All right, so going into season, season five. Season five. 
Um, all right. Let's see. This is when the brown bear starts skulking around the fucking backyard. There's one scene where, like, AJ's taking the trash out and you hear this, Mommy! And, he, of course, you go out there and there's this fucking bear. Uh, I would have screamed for my mama, too. I don't give a shit how old. But... I would have, in my mind, I always wished to... Earlier on, there's a, a scene where Meadow's, like, trying to sneak out of the house. Ooh, that's like season one, and the mom pulls out, like, a fucking machine gun. She pull, she comes out the house with an AK-47, and I'm like, why the hell didn't she do that for this bear? I would have loved to have seen fucking uh, Mrs. Soprano just laying waste to this bear with an AK-47, like, let the... Uh, animal people show me like <laughs> riddled this bear with bullets. <laughs> um, okay, so my second hated character has come back, and this is Phil Leotardo. <laughs> uh, you can tell he's back in because, like, season five, it's a shit ton of violence and murder and people getting shot at, beat up, stolen stuff. Ooh, and David Lee Roth is in episode four. So what the hell's he doing? He is at the poker game. As David Lee Roth? Yes, he is there as himself. Wow. So David Lee Roth apparently knows these guys and plays poker with them. Um, oh. I guess a- I've always missed that too. AJ wakes up. He go, His mom lets him go to a concert. So uh, after the concert, she's like, you need to go back to your sister's. He's like, oh, I'm just going to go to the hotel and hang with my friends. She's like, no. Well, anyway, he ends up obviously disobeying. And he wakes up. With his eyebrows shaved and his face glued to the carpet. I wish I could make this shit up. Ah, uh, classic. Um, I can't say I've ever heard of anybody else getting their face glued to the carpet. I mean, but... that's some straight up sounds like some pro wrestling ribs right there, man. Although it's pro wrestling, they would shave one eyebrow and then wait for the dude to wake up from his uh, stupor. And be like, well, and, and then just try to convince the guy to shave the other one just to make it match and make him look worse. Um, yeah, um, there's a lot more violence, uh, the, like people getting in neck braces, boats getting sank. Any good highlights? Um, ooh, yeah, um, did I put her on the list? I don't know, I, what list? Is this I did the put her on list? the, no, yeah, the list of women he sleeps with. Well, how, many, okay. how many are we up to now by season five? Season five? How many roughly are we up to? Um, oh, we don't know. Let's see. I stop at the Asian escort. So one, <laughs> she doesn't have a name. She just shows up at his hotel room. Uh, I think her one, name's two, Chewy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're like ten in at this point. Uh, so the average is two a season then. Um, sure. So, um, okay, there is Georgie gets beat up again. <laughs> Uh, the, Shocker. The fucking poor bartender. That might be the title of the episode, Georgie's Beat Up Again. Um, one of Tony's lovers is actually, they just get done doing it. She's getting ready to go make him some egg beaters in Tabasco, and she catches herself on fire with her silky robe. Uh, <laughs> it gets, like, it, like the robe It escalates sleeve. quickly. Yes. like It's it, kind of like that scene in... Uh, Billy Madison, where dude sets himself on fire when they're doing that cook-off, and he's just laughing at him. Oh, and I completely forgot. Like, I, I'm i going into, like, Tony's women, but I totally forget, like, a major storyline that they make one little reference to it. 
one little fucking reference in this season and then it goes completely under the radar until next season. So they give you time to forget about it and then they bring it back full force. And that is the Vito Gay line. Uh, it first starts out in season five, episode nine. Uh, Finn, they're, uh, they get back from somewhere, a funeral. And then he goes to a beach party and he's like, oh, I got to be at work in a couple hours. I'm just going to go to work, catch a nap in the trailer. He pulls into the parking lot and you just see what appears to be a security guard just sitting in his truck. <laughs> then a couple of seconds later, Vito's head pops up. He just dropped his keys. Uh, or his lip gloss. Um, so now Finn has this secret of Vito's and he is like scared of Vito the whole time that he remains in the storyline, meaning Finn. But yeah, the gay Vito storyline starts here, which I thought was very, very bold to throw in here because this is a very machismo dare I say, homophobic culture and oh, organization. Extremely. They totally look down on, on, like, when they talk about AJ potentially having, like, party planning uh, as a goal or, a, a, like, a, a possible job thing. We have uh, fucking the, the funny line of the this season that we just uh, love is anytime that uh, Pauly starts freaking out, his go-to is, like, uh, quiz. Oh, yeah, when he goes to the psychic. I yeah, love... it's, just, it's his version of my sister's cunt is queers. Yeah, Polly has a thing for and saying they, queers. And looking down on the whole thing about the one dude who's, because uh, Junior's goes down on his lady at one point. Oh, they yeah, give him they shit for that. They, there's just weird, um, what is it, unwritten rules within this culture of you don't go down on your lady. If you do, you don't talk about it. You don't share it because I guess eating. It's not manly. It's a very, it's a manly portrayed series. So anything that's portrayed as not that is looked down on. Yes. So, uh, so a gay character is the epitome of the lowest of the low. So the to gay, these guys. Yeah, the gay veto line starts here. Valentina gets burned up. <laughs> um, let's see. Some kids find a dead body on the beach. Um, some more the Brower people. kid? <laughs> Hit by a train? He was picking blueberries by the tracks. Ah. There was no tracks near this. Ooh, okay. So Tony B, which is Steve Buscemi, he's Tony Soprano's cousin in this. He ended up going away... Uh, they go into all that. We won't get into that, but uh, he's out of prison this season. Well, he ends up kind of doing New York a favor that starts kind of a war sort of thing. It, it's it's the white head of this big old pimple that's getting ready to go down in season six. Gross. Um, but he ends up, um, okay, here's something. I don't necessarily say this is endearing, but this is something that about Tony... Uh, yeah, I don't know what the fucking word is, but um, he ends up killing his cousin, Tony B, because if he doesn't, he knows New York, Phil Leotardo's going to get a hold of him. They're going to torture him and beat him three ways to fucking Sunday. So he just... He mercy sh- kills him. Yeah. Um, 
With a shotgun. To the face. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and that's how we kind of end season five. Uh, so. New York and Phil are fucking pissed because um, they didn't get their retribution for Tony B's murder victims. So that leads us going into the sixth and final season. And the last we would hear of The Sopranos until this uh, past year where we had the prequel movie come out, The Many Saints of Newark. But uh, what do we have in season six, the We've final got a, season? We have a lot. Like, I have four and a half pages of notes, but we're going to really glaze over this. Just on season six? Okay, now, I remember season six, first of all, once again, like season five, the opening montage, excellent. The music, the update with the people, like Vito ends up losing a ton of weight. Janice ends up having a baby. Uh, Meadow's off at college still, so no, no big change with her there. But there's just a whole bunch of changes, and that opening scene is it's stellar, in my opinion. Um, this season gets a little heavy. Um, <laughs> we have, uh, okay, going back to that members-only guy, Eugene. Uh, Eugene's aunt dies, leaving him like a $2 million inheritance. And um, he kind of wants to uh, move and retire to Florida uh, and, you know, kind of maybe run some stuff down there or whatever. But Tony's like, no, um, you're, you made an oath. You got to stay here. Well, then uh, his wife ends up finding, uh, like, a fucking spoon and a syringe and all this shit in a baggie in their son's drawer. And they want to kind of move away, you know, not just to retire, but to save their son from getting wrapped up in the wrong crowd, banging fucking heroin. And since they can't go, this is the season. And it's a hard scene. Like, the person who played... This, this actor did an amazing job fucking doing this scene. But Eugene kills himself on camera. Like, he hangs himself because if he can't, for me, I feel he killed himself so his family could be free. His wife uh, and their daughter and their son uh, could take this inheritance money, get out of fucking Jersey, get away from the drugs, start a new beginning. Unfortunately, it's just without Eugene because, I mean, you don't fucking leave the mob. Death. Nope. Death or the fucking can. That's it. So um, this is a character that and storyline that's just a real fucking downer. And I think because Tony said no and he killed himself, if members only guy in the last episode isn't from New York, from the wheels being set in motion by New York, I think this is a fucking relative of Eugene's, we'll say brother, Killing him, killing Tony, payback for his brother not being able to do the best for his fucking kids. So that's just a theory of mine there. <laughs> it's the most logical closure point that you've come up with. Okay, when season six first aired, that montage went down, things were going great. Opening episode, towards the end of the episode... Junior's out of his fucking mind because a couple seasons back he did this. I'm gonna fucking fake Alzheimer's <laughs> to get out it. of this trial, and then he ends up with Alzheimer's. But um, he ends up, he's kind of out of his mind. Uh, he sh totally fucking shoots Tony, and the episode ends with Tony bloody on the floor, 911's on the phone, and it just fades to black and ends. And I'm like, oh my god, they can't fucking. 
I mean, yeah, I want to see some people killed, but not episode one. <laughs> anyway, um, from there, Tony's in, an, in a coma because he's got, you know, infection from, you know, the big open wound, which they show, and it's really fucking gross. So there's <laughs> only, you might get a little... In episode two, it's like, oh, great, a coma episode. Where are we going? And then episode three, great, another coma episode. Where are we going? It's only the two episodes. Thank God. They're super artsy-fartsy with their dream sequences and shit in this series. Okay. I took a side note of this because this is something that pissed me off. This is something else about Phil. Fucking Phil. (laughs) Fucking Phil. Phil uses things to his leverage. So, okay, when the gay veto thing goes down, which it all kind of breaks out in episode three, Phil is so pissed off and hates Vito because he's disgraced the family. And Phil refers to Vito's wife. Um, actually, she refers to Phil as cuz. And there's a couple of different episodes where Phil and Marie Spadafore refer to each other as cousins and they make it sound like they're fucking cousins that hung out on the reg all this other shit so feels like he has fucking disgraced my family with his uh homosexuality (laughs) his gayness um and we'll get back to the cousin thing in a minute um okay see there's a deathbed confession that happens in this season paulie finds out that his mom isn't his mom His mom is his aunt, and his aunt, who's a nun, who he thought was just, you know, his sweet nun aunt, is actually his mom. So, (laughs) this is a heavy season for Polly. He not only, you know, finds out this deathbed confession, but his aunt dies, his mom dies, he gets prostate cancer, well, he gets a biopsy. I don't think it ended up being, yeah, it ended up being cancer because he got a little bit of chemo, but it didn't affect him or anything. Didn't affect his wingtip hair? No, his hair still remained Flawless. impeccable. All the way to the last episode, dude, all out there tanning himself in front of Saturellis. Okay, then two episodes later, when Vito flees, okay, I'm sorry, it's in episode five, Vito the gay storyline pops up. Um, Vito is caught in a leather daddy club by a couple guys who are making a money pickup. They see Vito there. Vito's like, oh, it's just a joke. I'm not gay. I'm just here as a joke kind of a thing. Well, then the fucking word is out. So, of course, he knows that this ain't fucking cool. And he takes off up north. I think he goes to New Hampshire. He goes to a cute little quaint town. This here is when Phil starts talking about he brings shame to the family, blah, blah, blah. And then he, Phil calls Marie his cousin. So in the previous episode, they were, uh, (laughs) I don't, there was like a fucking, I don't know why that Phil and Vito and all them were together, but he does refer to her as cousin. She refers to him as cousin. So season six, we've got, Paulie and his drama. We've got Vito fleeing for being gay. And then we have Christopher and the Cleaver movie. So this is a totally like (laughs) mafia funded horror movie, which to be honest with you, watching the clip that they play in this, they talk about, oh, it's going to be like Saw meets Godfather, which it wasn't. But looking at it, I definitely would watch this horror movie. Maybe you should write the guy that's the creator of the series and be like, Thanks for the many saints of Newark, but can we get the Cleaver movie now? 
Uh, yeah, let's Fan get let's get David Chase, uh, and it has Daniel Baldwin in it. So. Oh, well, you know he's not doing anything at the moment. So, well, and the premise of the movie is is kind of everybody thinks it mimics Christopher's life somewhat, and I kind of think it does too. Even though Christopher's like in denial about it, but then he kind of admits it, but then kind of says the idea was taken somewhere else, but. Young guy coming up in the ranks, got a hot girlfriend. Uh, the boss fucking wants his girlfriend, so he has him killed, chopped up, and put in all these different dumpsters all over town. The pieces supernaturally come back together to get revenge on everybody who double crossed him. And instead of like in like Candyman, instead of a hook, he's got a meat cleaver jammed in the stump of his hand. Yeah, take my money. Where is this movie? Right. I want to see this movie, Cleaver. I think we should Indiegogo the Cleaver movie from Sopranos. Right. So, um, um, okay, so while all this stuff is going on, the Vito storyline, he's fallen in love with this guy named Johnny Cakes up in New England who is... Excellent name. Well, he calls him Johnny Cakes because he makes these... He's a cook in this diner and he makes Johnny Cakes, but he's also a volunteer firefighter. Um, I really love this character. I kind of wish they could have just ran off and been together, but Vito's a fucking liar, and he couldn't leave the life behind. The guy's name's Jim, and he ends up leaving Jim uh, brokenhearted, but probably for the fucking best, because <laughs> yeah. Jim and Johnny Cake Guy doesn't need to be... Got all... off way better than Adriana did. Yeah. Oh, we totally glazed over that. I'm fine with that, because... Uh, of all the episodes, every year, I'm like, there's episodes that I want to catch, and there's at least one episode I never need to watch again. But every fucking year, I always happen to be around or awake or whatever when Adriana's death episode comes. And talk about the one character, I'm like, I wish she would have just left him or just smothered uh, Maltasanti in his sleep or something. That's the only reason I don't like his character. I'm like, man, I just wanted Ad Adriana to get away. Yeah, she never does. So um, there's something funny in this. So after Paulie goes through all of his kind of like cancer stuff, he's walking in one day to the Bing, and he has a vision of the Virgin Mary on the stage. She's not dancing. It's just like the traditional like picture of the Virgin Mary that you see in church or whatever. It's just kind of a... It's not cosplay day at the Bing. No, and there's like this evil ah, 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 music that goes with it. <laughs> That that's that sounds like uh, somebody's drum set <laughs> instead of holy music. There. All right, so we're done with that first page of notes. Um, <laughs> there's like a whole lot of uh, in episode eleven and twelve and fifteen. There's a whole lot of sex going on with Tony yeah. and other girls. We get a bagel shop blown up. Uh, Adriana's mom tries to kill herself. Phil has a heart attack. Phil. Um, Bobby Baclieri makes his first kill in episode 13. He He's kills, forced to, isn't he? Uh, yeah, kind of. He goes and kills a Canadian guy to help kind of solidify this deal. That counts as like two kills and you kill a Canadian guy. Um, Vito, of course, gets killed. And his death scene... Oh, man, he's, like, coming back into his hotel room, and it's all dark, and, of course, they fucking attack. They, like, beat him down. They get him on the ground. When Phil opens that closet door, I got chills. I was like, oh, shit, this ain't gonna be good, and it wasn't good, so... <laughs>
moving on, um, we got a Junior's Institutionalized. He just um, wanted a Pepsi. Let's see. Um, Johnny Sack. My one of my other favorite characters. I love Johnny Sack, even though he's a murderer, he's a fucking gangster. He is one of the few that is honorable to his woman. He never fucking cheats on his wife. That is just something that always stood out to me. Why I've always liked Johnny Sack. He's a mean motherfucker. He smokes like a chimney. He gets loud and cusses. That's it's fairly frightening. But it's like, oh, wow, he loved Jenny so much and he never cheated on her. And every time he looked at Jenny, he looked at her like I truly believe this character, this actor really loved her in real life. Just I mean, he did it so good that that just kind of put him on my list of favorites, even though he is a murderer. But he unfortunately dies of cancer in this season and his death. It's a hard watch. Cause I don't remember. I guess I missed missed that one a lot too. And that's okay, cause I'm sure it's pretty close to real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We're thinking, you know, when this originally showed, I was thinking it's like, okay, we're getting down to the final like five fucking episodes. There better be everybody dying. Um. <laughs> yeah, well. we get we get some death, but it's not like you think. We have, you know, wow. once again, Johnny Sack dies of cancer. Hesha's girlfriend Renata, she's dead in bed. They never really go into how or not why she died, but just how she died. Um I know that he mentions earlier in one of the seasons that Renata has migraines. So maybe embolism. It was something along those lines I'd like to think, but he basically she's already in bed and she's got a little sleeping mask on. Hesh gets into bed and he's like, uh they're I guess he they're gonna cuddle or whatever the fuck and he goes to touch her and she's obviously very cold. And then he pulls her sleeping mask up and her just eyes are open. She's there dead. That broke my heart for Hesh. But um, uh, then we get some people beat up, thrown out a window, six broken <laughs> vertebrae. Oh, that window throw. I caught that one. That that hurts to watch. Yes, that actor, oh my God. he landed so well. Like he hit the ground and it was like a thud. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, some vertebrae are broken. <laughs> just, uh, like three days probably just lay there like don't touch me all right the big episode episode 18 is uh it's called heidi and kennedy and um this is the one where christopher ends up getting it they Finally. have they have this big fucking car wreck the fucking escalade flips i don't know how many fucking times 13 probably um and, of course, Tony brings up constantly that there was a big branch that went through the baby car seat and it could have killed the baby, which was true. Mangled it. Uh, I personally think he just kind of kept saying that over and over to make himself feel better for killing Christopher. He wanted someone to justify it. Like, well, I guess it's good it ended the way it did for him then, then. Um, yeah, he, big spoiler, he ends up killing Christopher, like Christopher's laying there. It sounds like he's got a collapsed lung, but he's all just, Tony, you gotta help me. So he, you know, gets out and he's like, yeah, dude, I'm on my way. And then 
right before Tony is about to help him, he's like, I wouldn't pass a drug test. you got to get me out of here. Yeah, he's like at 9-1 and then stops. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, shit. I think had he not admitted he would have failed a drug test... Oh, yeah, he'd still be alive. He'd he would have made it to the end, I feel. But fuck him. He needs so, to die for Adriana, damn it. Uh, this is a heavy episode because Christopher dies. Christ- uh, then Polly's mom has a stroke. There's the funeral for Christopher. The Christopher... I mean, the funeral for Nucci, which is Polly's mom. Everyone's at the multi-stanti wake. And then there's a peyote trip. So... Um, <laughs> The next episode gets even heavier because that's the episode when AJ tries to kill himself. And, like, this kid, he struggled with depression for a couple of seasons now. And I've apparently always missed this, this too, but you explained how he did it, and I'm like... Robert Eiler, he he did a good job in this character. He did a good job playing a self-entitled little fucking kid. And then, you know, somebody kind of struggling with, you know no longer being in school and do I want to be an adult? Do I want to go to college? What the fuck do I want to do with my life? Um, his descent into depression, they did it so well. And then his suicide attempt, it's kind of a heavy watch as well because he puts like a bag over his head and then ties a cinder block to his ankle and then jumps in the fucking pool. And Which maybe it helps because I haven't seen it, but hearing that I'm like, makes me laugh because that sounds like some double team shit with uh, Van Dam and Dennis Robin like why you put a bag over your head if you're jumping in the fucking water because you know you just I guess he wanted to make sure he had his bases covered there's a scene if he didn't fucking there's a scene in double team where a dude tries to suffocate a guy underwater with a plastic bag you know you just want to make sure you it's get like it going. leaving it's like leaving the it's like leaving the you know your uh your note inside the house, and you're going to set the house on fire. That's not funny. I know somebody who did that. This brings us to the last two episodes. Um, the last two episodes are phenomenal because, like, uh, episode 20 is the one where Bobby gets killed. That death scene alone was amazing because he just the a way toy store. Uh, he's in he's in a hobby shop and he's buying this toy train set. It's a toy store. And I mean, the way the POV of the camera, it's on the train, then it's on the guys who are the shooters, then it's, you know, Bobby's point of view. And it's just cut, cut, cut of each one of those step by step as they walk into the store, as he sees they're coming, the train's coming around the bend. It was an amazing but horrible death scene because Bobby's like one of the least piece of shit characters. (laughs) Uh, And it's unfortunate that he left his phone in the car. I really feel like had he not done that, he would have made it. So, which brings us to the last episode where they have Bobby's funeral. Um, there's a picture for a picture of Christopher on the wall in the back of Satriel's where they all kind of hang out and stuff. And the cat they bring back from the safe house is constantly staring at this photo. And Paulie's, of course, wigged out by it. He thinks there's... <laughs> I moved the fucking picture. The cat moved the stand of the Satanic black magic. Um, so then we get to my other favorite hated character, Phil. He finally (laughs) gets his death scene and his death scene. It couldn't have come any better. It all takes place at a gas station, but he's getting ready to go in to the gas station, get some stuff. Um, he gets shot in the fucking head. 
the wife jumps out of the car, leaving the car in gear with the two grandbabies in the back. Um, she's like going frantic, trying to get into the car. It's locked. The car rolls over his head. So he's... And you get that puking sequence that you always laugh at. <laughs> yeah, there's like these, uh, I'm thinking they're high school kids. They look like high school kids. They look like they're wearing like pri- en- private school uniforms. Just enjoying their smoothies and slushies outside the and gas station. And then they station. see this guy get his head crushed and they in- this one kid ends up puking. But <laughs> um, And then that brings us to the very end of... Made in America. Yeah, where it all fades to black. Now, They're getting ready to have their dinner. He get a, a bowl of onion rings for the table. People are walking into Holston's. Don't stop believing his plan. Yeah, the guy in the members-only jacket sitting at the fucking diner counter. Meadow walks in. The bell tolls. Cut to black. Now take me back to 2007, I believe, when this uh, series wrapped. And how did that... Uh, take me, take me. I'll tell uh, you, we thought the cable went out. <laughs> it was like, man, fuck of a time to have a power outage. And then, of course, I talked to friends like days afterwards, and they're like, we thought the cable went out too. And it's like, okay, so um, I'm glad that it wasn't just me that was left <laughs> hanging. Like, I'm serious. Like, I'm sitting there with my mouth open in fucking disbelief. And then when the credits started, it's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. This is, after all these fucking years, this is what we get? This is what we get? Uh, yeah, which fucks with you. Like, <laughs> that's what death is probably like. This You're like just looking around and all of a sudden it just cuts to black. I totally think of the Simpsons episode, though, when that happens. Like when uh, it's some, I can't remember the specifics, but I know Homer's watching a game of like a football game and Marge like cuts the power right before like... <laughs> Or no, it's no, it's the it's the boxing video game where he's about ready to finally beat Bart, <laughs> and, and Marge unplugs the game before Homer lands the killing blow. I just picture that going on when you're watching, and you're like, "Oh no!" Uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it went down. Me and my dad just sat there like <laughs> for twelve minutes, probably just like, in silence. We're like, "It's like what the hell just happened?" And then when the credits started to roll, we knew it wasn't a power failure at that point. Probably so. just like, ah! And that's where the sour grapes started, because you're like, that's not the way you wanted things to end. But since then, you've kind of warmed up to it, and you've done your own, you know, mapping out of what you think happened, and you're pretty much in the boat of you think it was the members-only guy taking a clear shot from the I bathroom. Mean, yeah, if you look at it, like, right as members-only gets up to go to the bathroom, you can see... Straight across from Tony's table is the fucking bathroom door. He went in there, pulled out his guns, kicks open the fucking bathroom door, comes out guns a fucking blazing. I'm a lead farmer, motherfucker. He had a perfect shot to fucking get revenge for either New York or Eugene's fucking suicide or just everything he's done in general. Because he fucked over a lot of people, killed a lot of people, did a lot of people wrong. So you think that's just the end of... Tony and Tony's perspective, or you think they just, uh, you think this members only guy took out the whole family? Um, I think that, uh, he obviously killed Tony, and if straight, straight bullet ain't got no name, so I'm no, sure you think other he pe- went for the whole family, or he just went for Tony, and then he's like, that's all I needed to do. I mean, I think he just went for Tony. Looked at, 
looked at because uh, I mean he kind of makes a comment when the shit hits the fan before he goes to the safe house. She, Carmela's all like, "Oh Jesus, what are we gonna do?" And um, that's when he's like, "You know, families never get hit." So, and then that's when they split up, and she goes to the safe house. He goes to a different safe house. Members only just he murders him. Looks at Anthony, uh, Tony's son, and goes, "If you feel." sour about it in 10 years or so you come see me <laughs> i mean he already aj did try to kill uncle jr for shooting tony in the first episode season six he that's, was gonna get revenge there's a true sequel we just get that where he comes back and kills the members only but that's uncle explaining robert eiler if you're listening to this get a i'm hold sure of david is. chase and um get at him about a <laughs> retribution movie because this is something at least two of us here need so i don't know i'd rather i want the cleaver movie first but that that is that concludes six seasons of the sopranos we didn't do the uh prequel movie because you've only watched it one time and technically it just got released today as of this recording i've not picked it up for you yet but that'll become in rotation every year as well as you'll watch the prequel movie the many saints and the series that's just what you do every year i think it is safe to say it's your favorite uh, television series of all time uh Final thoughts on The Sopranos for you. What's it mean? What do the What do the Sopranos mean to the housewife of horror? The Sopranos means uh, it's a lot of murder and mayhem and get people getting beat up and it's really just a story about a bunch of fucking loathsome characters. Um, and you kind of want to see some of them do good. You don't want to see them get hurt, but you want to see them get theirs. And it, it's it's a horse of many colors to the housewife of horrors. And it's a warm, fuzzy, nostalgic trip for you as well every that, year. And we didn't cover one last thing. Oh. Okay, we covered a couple of the ladies, but I kept an, a detailed list <laughs> of all the women that Tony cheated on his wife with. You detailed notes. Get out of town. Okay, so the first one, we'll just go through it quickly because we're already an hour and 35 into this. So there's the uh, Ukrainian chick Irina, the lady at the brothel, Patty at Barone, lady at the VIP party. That was only a blowjob, though. Um, <laughs> Gloria, we're on a break. <laughs> Gloria Trillo. The Icelandic airline stewardess, Valentina La Paz, Svetlana with one leg. <laughs> the That's the leg that gets stolen, too. I know. I like that you're like, that you had to put in there Svetlana with the one leg. Uh, the dermatology nurse, the, es the Asian escort. Okay, this one I put on here and then scratched her off, but <laughs> Juliana Skiff was... This guy here is dead. <laughs> um they started to like they were making out and she was about to take his shirt off and then he kind of had this flashback to Carmela taking care of him when he was shot so he was like stop don't and then he leaves <laughs> so i kind of put her on there and then took her off but then after the asian escort and then rejecting juliana uh he has the blonde from the bing in which he got roadhead uh he tried to pay her for it and she's all like oh you're sweet thanks but no and it's like, bitch, you better take some money. Somebody gives you some money, take it. But anyway, the brunette in black underwear, the blonde in Florida, and Sonia in Vegas. Wow. So those were all the women that he <laughs> with. He's got a long list if he ever pops an STD. He's got a lot of phone calls to make. It's him and James Bond who's going to make more phone calls. 
Right. So on that note, uh, thank you for listening to this episode and me ramble on about The Sopranos and my annual binge and the notes that I took. Uh, I hope you found it as entertaining as we did. If not, tune in next week. <laughs> we already got your download. We don't care. <laughs> uh, tune in the Wednesday after next where we will pick up another listener request. Uh, another local case, semi-local, outside KC, but still. Um, and this one actually has an ending to it. So I'm super excited about this case. It's I make it sound like all the other ones have been unsolved until now. Um, anyway. We did. We solved all the other cases. Yeah, because we're on it. I am the housewife of horror, here with my ever-faithful companion, Evil, from 3B Video. Say goodbye, Evil. Later. All right, and on that note, uh, thank you for listening, and you guys stay safe.